12-sided stories is for mature audiences and often deals with topics that may be difficult for some listeners. Discretion is advised. In Eversink, the Office of Book Retrieval has librarian agents tasked by the Triskodane to recover overdue books and collect fees. In some cases, offenders must be neutralized by the agents for stealing important tomes. These are their stories. Hello and welcome to Bookhound Bounty Hunters, episode number five. My name is Wes Otis and I am here with some wonderful players. Let's start with Farah. Hi, I'm Farah Sarpkaya and I am playing Giovanna Letteratura, a church militant, and we are both she, her. Hello, my name is Candice. My pronouns are they, she, and I am playing Leo De Silva, also they, she. Hey, I'm Michelle Otis and I am playing Katja. And both of our pronouns are she, her. Hey, everyone. I'm Sam, and I'm playing Tisha Valor, our prophet. Tisha's pronouns are she, her, and mine are she, they. Before we start, please consider supporting the show through Patreon or on coffee.com spelled K-O-F-I. Now, on with the show. Okay, so in the last episode, you found out that the priest Castinia had somehow harnessed the goddess energy from the Codex of Denari to turn himself young again and immortal. And he is in league with Mother Biblia, who helped him escape after they found out that, you know, basically that they needed to get out of town. As soon as they sent you to take the now basically dead book the codex back to the priest at the church they left as quickly as possible because they knew that the priest would know that the book had been drained of all life you now need to find castinia and mother biblia because the essence that was in the book it's very important to the foundation of the city the more time that goes on that this particular aspect of Denari is missing, the more chaotic and corrupted the city becomes. And it, it ended up in a huge earthquake. And you saw one of the towers of the city go into the swamp after the earthquake. And you're in the temple market right now. But before we get to all of that, and that is a lot of stuff, we're going to go back in time and go through a scene with each of our players to get to know a little bit more about each of them. All right, so we're gonna start with Leo. It's a dark night about 15 years ago. You're a youngish teenager, probably 13, maybe 14. You're on the top of a roof. Moon is way up in the sky and there are stars everywhere. And you hear the sounds of the city bubbling underneath you. And suddenly a, a rapier comes within an inch of your face. And your father says, God damn it, Leo, you've got to keep your right arm up. You have to keep your guard up. I could have easily hit you. I know, Papa, I'm doing my best. You have to do better. You're going to be on your own someday and you have to do better. You're right, Signore, I'll, I'll focus. All right, one more time. I'm going to lunge at you, and you are going to block. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> now, let's see whether or not you could have dodged that. It's an athletics roll, and it's just a four, so how many points do you want to put into it? I already rolled, so I don't want to cheat. <laughs> I got a five. <laughs> awesome. So you dodge out of the way, and he goes, very good, very good. 
Very good. And he stops for a second and he lowers his sword and puts his hand on your shoulder. And he goes, I know I push you hard, but you need to learn these things. Your place in this world is what you carve out of it. You know, I know it's hard, but you're getting better. I just don't want to be another reason for you to worry. I know Mama was a good woman. She did what she could for us while she could. And one day someone's going to need to take care of you, and I'd like to be that person. That's very nice of you, child. I appreciate that very much. But at the same time, I want you to have your own life, too. And your mother was a good person. And those rat bastards that took her from us, they will pay one day, of course. But until then, we have each other. Now, let's go get some food. Come on, follow me. You make your way down to the streets. He always takes you to the Tangle, which is kind of this lower-income neighborhood of Eversink. It is a place that's very alive at night. There are street vendors with lots of food. And he's walking through the streets, and he goes, We have many friends that have a lot of money, but you can never forget that these are your friends, too. If you're ever running through these streets and you need help, you should make friends with them because that way you know everyone, not just your your rich friends that we have at home. Does that make sense? You never know. It makes sense. Yes. They don't, um, they don't always seem very friendly. Neither are the nobility. <laughs> Unfortunately, humans, uh, humans have a hard time with each other, constantly fighting. That's why we teach our children to fend for themselves, because... You never know what people are going to do. Once you get past the exterior, though, most people are nice. I kind of, like, flash the dagger at my waist. They'll be especially nice when they see this. Don't get cocky. (laughs) I just want to be as good as you one day. That's all. You will be better, I'm sure. You show much promise. You have a lot of focus. And I appreciate that. So you make it to a small stall. They serve you some kind of, you know, meat in a bowl with some water. You know, and a and a and an egg or something. It's you know some stuff. kind of food. The good stuff. Bowl of brown. Yeah. <laughs> so you know you're eating there, and you suddenly notice somebody just come by and take some, one of your father's coin purses off his belt without him knowing. Huh. What, Papa? That man. Someone stolen from you. I'm quick to draw my dagger. Like my hand is just already on it. And I'm, I'm like looking at him like, say the word. He says, look, you stay here. I will go and uh, handle this. He goes, don't worry, I'll, I'll be right back. And he starts to walk off and you're sitting there eating your soup. Like, I feel like I'm probably playing with the vegetables in my dish. I'm very nervous. Like, I know my dad can handle himself, but I don't think I've ever seen someone so openly steal from him either because he's well-respected. Right. You also would probably realize at this point that you're not in your neighborhood. So because you're not in your neighborhood, it shocks you that someone would be so blatant about stealing. And a few moments go by and he comes back and you notice that he didn't get the money. And he says, is your soup good? Yes, it's good, Papa. But where's your coin purse? Well, I caught up with the person. They were needing of money more than we and I made sure they weren't part of the thieves' guild, and then I let them go because, like I said, they needed the money more than we did. Not everything's a battle. Sometimes we show mercy to those who might need it more than we do. 
All right, let's get back up on the roof and practice some more. Finish up. I kind of uh, scramble to my feet, and um, I think the way I look, like my hair isn't tied back. It's not as stylized. It's very kind of like loose and flowing kind of down my shoulders. Young Leo looks a lot more femme, goes by Leonardo still, and is wearing kind of like a pants dress combo kind of thing. She like eyes the cloak that her dad has on. It's like this like dark navy blue cloak that has gold fasteners and like red trim. And it's what she wears when they grow up. So you get back up on top of the thing and you start to practice and you practice for another hour. It's pretty intense stuff. And it's gotten really cold because it's, it's late at night. And at the end of the night, he goes, all right, it's time for us to head back. And he puts the cloak around your shoulders. And he says, you've done really well, and I want you to have this. Papa, I can't. This is your signature cloak. It is our family cloak. You are my child, so you get it now. I kind of, like, perk up and straighten my shoulders a little bit, and I do, like, a twirl to see if it, like, billows the same way for me. (laughs) You've earned it. Now, let's go home. Hi, Papa. I'll follow you. Okay. Let's jump over to Giovanna. So... Your mother and your father are standing in the church with the priest, Father Riley. And he says, it is nice to meet you, Giovanna. I've heard great things about you. Very studious and very interested in books. I I am. I, I am very much, Father Riley. I'm very excited to be here. And your mother kind of She looks visibly upset about this, kind of choking back. She's a a good worker, and we know that she will do well in in the church. And Riley says, well, we're going to train her to be a very special kind of, not priest, but she's going to help us retrieve books, actually. We have a new library that's opening up for the public. And her job will be to go and collect books from people. You know, maybe they're late, maybe there's a fee due, but it's a new thing. And her trainer, the person she's going to be working with, is Mother Biblia. And from the side door, almost on cue, walks out a tall woman in black leather from head to toe that looks more like an assassin than a librarian. And she walks up. She has short, pepperish hair, I'm going to say. It's not the, you know, shock white that it is now, because this was like 15 years ago or so. And she looks at you and she goes, child, stand up straight. She kind of pushes her shoulders back and tries to look (laughs) taller. (laughs) Uh, So I hear you enjoy books, dear. I, I do. We we have a whole library at home. It's it's wonderful. And what do you know of combat? Have you been taught how to use a sword? Uh, combat? And she kind of looks back at her mother and father. They've got like dinner plate eyes. They're like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because she's dressed like a noble, like, you know, hand-me-downs, but noble uh, woman's kid. And she says... Uh, well, I've never really, um, my, my brothers are more, um, that, but I'm sure I could learn. Stop being mealy-mouthed and just say what you're going to say, dear. Nobody likes stuttering like that for no reason. 
Say what you're going to say. Uh, yes, ma'am. Um, uh, no, I've never um, handled this. Dear, my eyes are up here, not on the floor. Look up. <laughs> I feel like she's crying a little bit, but she doesn't, like... Her face, her eyes are crying, but she's like, yeah. Um, she she meets her eyes by like looking at the bridge of her nose, basically, and says, I've never handled a sword, but I'm sure I could. At that point, your father pipes up and goes, now, wait a second. When we agreed to this, it was just supposed to be simple jobs that she could do to help out around the church, not get into any combat or danger. And Mother Biblia turns swiftly towards him and has a very stern look on her face and goes, Sir, if you want your daughter to succeed in life, she is going to need how she's going to need to know how life works, not how it used to work when you had money. Now, if you'd like to take her back to your mansion, you can, or you can let me train her. And all three of the other adults kind of clam up really quickly. Your mother comes to you and gets down on like one knee to look at you eye to eye. And she goes, dear, I know this is a lot to ask. Your life is not going to be the same, but that might not be a bad thing. At the same time, I'm going to make the choice be yours. What do you want to do? Giovanna was looking. Did Her eyes didn't move from when she was trying to make eye contact with Mother Biblia. And so she was kind of staring off into space and then her eyes meet her mother's. And she says, um, I, I will do what I have to for the family, Mama. Uh, I can do it. I promise. She kisses you on the cheek and says, I know you can, dear. We love you and you know where we are. We're not leaving. You can always come by and visit. You'll just get more food here. She just kind of nods, not trusting the fact that she's going to burst into tears if she tries talking. And with that, Mother Biblia turns around, takes you by the hand, says, don't worry, dear, I'm not all nails and concrete. Let's go. And she takes you out of the church back to the library. On the way out, I think I turn one last time to see my parents right before I go through the door. Your dad gives a little wave. As you're leaving, you get the sense of just how desperate and broken your parents are. They're doing what they have to do for their kid, which is what parents are supposed to do, but it is incredibly difficult for them to be put in that position. So you go back to the library and it very quickly becomes a training montage for the next few years of you learning how to use a sword. She has you clean pots all day long to build up your muscles and all of that stuff. And years go by. You've seen your parents a few times, holidays and things like that. But your mother comes by. You're much older now, you're probably 19. And she goes, sweetheart, your father's very ill. I need you to come with me. I think the first time we saw Giovanna, she was, as I said, kind of dressed like a noble person's daughter with long blonde hair that was finely braided as well as they could, you know, a nice but conservative dress and so on. But now she has like short cropped blonde hair. She is way taller than her mother. She has gone through many a growth spurt now that she has a regular meal and she is dressed in slacks and leather armor, perhaps, because she's still pretty early in her training. And 
as she looks down at her mother, who she hasn't really engaged with a whole lot, there's a twinge of, I'm supposed to feel something right now, but she feels very far removed, so instead of saying anything, she just nods and motions for her mother to go, um, looking around to see if Mother Biblia is there to give her consent. Mother Biblia is. She goes, it's important for you to see your father. You're a grown woman now. You no longer need my consent. You're trained and ready to do a job which you'll get paid well for. Whether you come back to this library is your choice, but you're always welcome to work here. I think I look at her a little confused and say, um, well, I'll be back shortly. Um, we have training at eight o'clock. We do. And remember what I said about being mealy-mouthed. You need to be more forceful with the way that you talk. People who are trying to evade us need to know that we are serious in our job. Yes, ma'am. See you soon. So your mother takes you back to the mansion you grew up in. And here's what you notice right away. You haven't been back here since you were a little kid. They always took you to some other place whenever they met up with you. And now you can kind of tell why. Nothing's changed, except for maybe a little bit more decayed. You were under the impression when you went with Mother Biblia that the church would raise your family up. But all it seemed to have done is kept them at the same level that they were before. And you walk in and your father is on like one of those long lounge chairs covered in blankets. And he looks up at you and he says, Dear, it might be close to the end. I wanted to give you something. It's over there in the chest. Um, I step over and open it. There is a small fortune of gold piled in the chest. And he says, we've been saving this for you. It is the money the church has given us over the years. We wanted to make sure that you were taken care of. You made the sacrifice. You deserve this. She looks at the chest and then at him lying on this couch, feeble and dying, and perhaps at her mother who is pinched and underfed and exhausted. And she looks at him and she says, you traded, you traded my childhood and our time together for a wealth that can never replace either. I slam the chest shut. Your mother bursts out in tears and says, Darling, I'm sorry. It's not that simple. Had you stayed with us, we would not have that chest. You would not have anything. You would be underfed like we are. We had to make sure that you were fed and taken care of. And we couldn't do it ourselves. You cannot tell me in a city like this that the only way for you to make money was to sell your only child to a church that would teach her to... I want... I feel I should say thank you for your sacrifice, but it doesn't feel like much of a sacrifice. We did what we thought was best. We must have been wrong. But at this point, it doesn't matter. You make choices, good or bad, and you have to live with them. And we're sorry for this choice. She steps towards her father and just looks at how different he looks now. She was, you know, barely five feet tall, 
when she started, and now she is a mountain of a woman, and he is nothing. She says, I... I cannot understand the choice that you made, and it is not for me to say that it was wrong, but I would trade that trunk for any amount of time with the two of you. I... I have changed so much from the person you knew once. I... Darling, we understand. Do you? Nothing's nothing's ever that easy or cut and dry. Can you be happy on empty stomachs? Yes, I guess you can be. But once we're gone, I want you to not have anything. Stability that you got from the church. Don't hold it against them. It wasn't their idea. We went to them because we wanted to provide you with a future. And if that was a mistake, we're sorry. But your father and I love you very much. We hope that you can forgive us. You say you love me very much, but how do you even know who I am anymore? And I turn and I leave the chest behind. All right, I think that's a good place to stop that particular scene. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We went from wholesome to... That was so beautiful. <laughs> wholesome? Any of that was wholesome? Yeah. No, with Leo. Leo was with wholesome. Leo. That was Leo. beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> I feel like I've been jumped. <laughs> emotionally no that was like oh my god <laughs> so i guess i should have warned you guys that this possibly could be uh emotional throughout this thing oh this is real sad and i'm sitting over here like well i'm leaving you for last for a reason um, i knew that Damn it. <laughs> i knew it i was like mine's gonna be really bad bad in a good way yeah <laughs> So let's move on to Katya. So it's late night in the Tangle, and you are running down one of the alleyways. You have a coin purse in your hand, and you slip into one of the safe rooms. And an older boy is standing there. He's probably 17. And he goes, did he buy it? Did he think that you were some destitute child? I saw him catch you. Of course he did. I have the purse, right? I wish we could have gotten that cloak he was wearing. Oh, it was beautiful, no? Yes. Maybe next time. I've seen them in the area before. Him and that other one, they always are fighting on the roofs for some reason. Yes, well, people have to train. You know how it is. True. Now, can I put on my shoes? My feet are freezing. Yes, yes, here. Yeah. Put them on. Let's see what you got. Ooh. We need to uh, go to richer neighborhoods. This this is good money. We oui. Maybe I should become an actress. I'm so good. He rolls his eyes, as only a teenager can, at a smaller human being. <laughs> and it's like, oh, God. When he rolls his eyes, I kick him in the shin. <laughs> it's all right. Well, we should go back with the others and find out what Father wants us to do next. We oui. Let us go. So you head back and you enter into this dilapidated building on the outside. It's terrible. But the second you get past the second set of rooms, you see everything turn into beautiful wood, wonderful marble floors, hanging chandeliers, lots of money dripping with just excess. 
And you walk in and there's at least 20 other kids in this big room. Looks like a big circle. And there's a couple of stairways up. And there's a man standing there in very nice outfits, like uh, the pantaloons and the whole nine yards. But it's one of those situations where he's wearing the clothes, but he doesn't have the airs to do it. Does that make sense? <laughs> mm-hmm. The clothes are wearing him. The clothes are wearing him. He's, yeah, he's not, this, this is not a man that grew up with these clothes. <laughs> he goes, children, come around. Father has much to speak to you. You've all been doing well. We've all been making money. And the Thieves Guild, uh, you know, our family needs people to, you know, help out the ranks and become full members. But uh, we've gotten some interest from another guild, and I wanted to speak with you all about it. There are some openings with the assassins. It is good money, as you know, but the work is grim. You have to be willing to do more than just steal. You have to be willing to kill. Is there anyone here that would like to know more about this opportunity? And a few kids raise their hands. Do you raise your hand? Oh, I'm one of those kids in the class. Me, 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 me. <laughs> okay. Well, Katya, that doesn't surprise me at all. You are so sweet and come off as so innocent, but that is your gift, I guess. You are good at uh, that persona. Merci, Papel. Yes. All right. All of you, please go into the library. The rest of you, go out. Make 50 more coin apiece for me. We have a banquet coming up. Anyone who makes more than 50 gold tonight, I'll give you a bonus. All right? Yes, Father. And they all leave. The five of you walk into the library, and standing there by the books is Mother Biblia. And she looks at the children, and she goes, I'm told that you all are interested in possibly working for me and my guild. Am I correct, or are you all unable to speak? We, we are looking to work in your guild. But I thought the question was, are you say rhetorical? What is your name, girl? Katja. And you don't have any problems with the thought of taking a life if you need to? Oddly, no. That kind of takes her back for a moment. She's seen a lot in her 11 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's Dickensie during her life or something, you know. <laughs> it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> so she pauses for a second. Goes, all right, here is the deal. I have a bag of 200 gold. And the person, here's a knife for each of you. She hands out a dagger to each one of you. And she goes, it's a simple test of loyalty. You have to be loyal to me. You have to do what I say when I say, and you get paid well. So whoever is able to kill father first will be accepted into the guild. Suddenly father turns completely white and goes, wait a minute, and starts to scramble back towards the door. Most of the kids are just standing there slack-jawed and, you know, freaking out. And two of the kids start running towards him as he starts to try to get to the door. What do you want to do, Katya? That's a tough one. I want to trip the two kids. All right, give me an athletics roll. Uh, I will put two in, and that makes it a seven. All right, so you go up and just trip the two kids, and they fall flat on their faces. 
what do you do next? It's like, no, I've given you everything. I've taken care of you for years. How could you do this? I'd say, shut up, old man. You sound so, so silly. And I look at, at Mother Biblia and I go, and you, you should be ashamed of yourself asking for our loyalty when we do not even know you. If I'm going to assassinate someone, if I'm going to kill someone, it has to be for a reason, not just because you say, oh, do it. She cracks a smile and says, you know, you're right. You're in. The rest of you can stay. She comes by and she takes you by the hand and she goes, I'm going to introduce you to your new sister in a moment. And she leads you out of the room. And that's where we're going to end that scene. (laughs) All right. So, Tisha, it's early morning and you're awakened by a soft kiss on your forehead. And your wife says to you, honey, you need to wake up. Only got one day off to get everything done. And I think Tisha just kind of like revels in that for a second and does like one of those quick like arm grabs, like just wraps her arms around Celeste and just like kind of like flips them over. So like they're on top of like she's on top of her in the bed and it's just like, let's just let's just stay here for like 20 more minutes. We don't have to worry about anything else we can get a late start today i promise we won't miss anything let's just stay here tisha no you know how much trouble you get me in with this is it really trouble not really no but i i have to pretend like it annoys me somehow Mm. Mm -hmm. you know yeah Tisha's just like placing kisses like across her cheeks and shoulders and and, and neck. Just like, mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. Like clearly disregarding what she's saying. Sweetheart, look, I can't stand another another lecture from my family about how we're always late for dinner on <sighs> days like this. You just had to bring them up, didn't you? Just flops across on the other side of the bed and starts to get up. Thank you, dear. It's a necessary evil, our families. Uh, they love us. Yeah. No, absolutely they do. And I love my mom and my dad, obviously, and my siblings. And your mom makes a mean cake. Like, I mean, a mean pound cake. It's delicious. But uh, don't you just want to take time for ourselves? Like... A day where we just forget everything that we have to do, everything with the market, everything with life, and just... You remember when we first met, we first got together, and we would spend weeks just roaming around everything, trying to find places to go and find new things. Don't you, don't you want that again? She turns and wraps her arms around you. You know, you're right. We haven't had much time together. Exactly. I tell you what, let's get through today. Next week, we'll take some time off. We have the money. Have a nice time together. We did have a really good past couple of months. Yeah, let's let's go to our favorite places. Let's try our favorite foods and again and... and Try new ones that we never had before. Just soak it all in. We have forever, right? Right? Yeah, you're right. We do have a a long time to do whatever we want. So 
let's get through today and then tomorrow we'll start our vacation. Yes. Though we have a lot to get done. So get dressed. And she walks out. Ugh, fine. And Tisha gets up and starts getting dressed for the day. As you're getting dressed, both of you read a lot. So there are books throughout the entire, you know, apartment or whatever. You notice one book that you haven't seen before under three other books. It's uh, pretty large and looks relatively old. Hey, babe, when do, did we ever get through through this? I don't remember. Where did we get this one from? Oh, 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 damn it. I thought I had, I shouldn't have taken that out of the library. <sighs> Lessie. Lessie. We're going to have to go by and return this book. <sighs> you know they don't play about their books in the library. Okay. All right. All right. Nope. It's totally fine. It's just one less thing that we have to just get it done. And it's one less thing we have to worry about on our vacation. Look, they're not even open today. We'll take it to them tomorrow. Okay? It's not that big of a deal. Listen, I heard that they are very serious about their books over there. I saw somebody get the crap beat out of them just to, for trying to skimp out on a library fine. Like, let's just... Yeah, I, I know. They're, they're, it can be draconian. I, I know that, but... Mm, to look, say the least. You have so much stuff to do in this... I, I haven't heard anything about it. I promise you the first thing tomorrow, I'll take this book back, okay? It's totally fine. And I think Tisha, like, Tisha's a little bit taller than Celeste is. So she kind of, like, walks over and, like, grabs, puts her hands on both sides of her head and just, like, presses kisses across her forehead. It's like, don't, don't worry about it. We, I'll take it back. I'll just explain to them. They have a lot going on. I have relatively good standing with the library. They, they'll understand. There's nothing to worry about. You're, you're wonderful, honey. Thank you. That's you. I just try to live up to the expectations. Get over. That's what a crock. <laughs> I love Get you dressed. too. Whatever. She walks back out. <laughs> she like pats her on the butt as she walks out. And you get dressed, and at some point you take the other two books off and you kind of look at it, and it's in a language you've never seen before, and it makes you really uneasy to look at it. You're wondering how Celeste was able to even read this book, but you can hear her singing in the next room as she's getting the food ready for the night's dinner, and you just put another book on top of it to hide it and walk out into the kitchen. Celeste turns to you and goes, okay, I'm all ready. You ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. So you're in your cart. It's full of stuff. You've got to drop a bunch of stuff off at a few different locations, which everything goes pretty normally. And you're heading towards the market district and you are coming towards an intersection. And suddenly this cart comes out of nowhere. It must have come loose from whatever piece of wood was keeping its uh, wheels from going. And it is now chaotically coming down. And you look up for a second and you're on the opposite side of where the cart's coming with Celeste next to you. And the cart hits really hard and throws both of you off. And the world spins for a second. And then suddenly there is just blackness as you get knocked out. And you 
don't know how long you're out for, but you wake up in your mom and dad's house and you're covered in bandages, your leg's been broken, your arm has been fractured, you're, you're in a lot of pain. And your sister's sitting next to you, dabbing a cool cloth on your forehead. Goes, Tisha, Tisha, are you awake? Mar Marissa, uh, what what happened? Where, wh where's Lissy? Where's Lissy? Marissa, where's Lissy? She didn't, she didn't make it from the crash. It was a car, just freak accident. Marissa, that's so fucked up. Why would you play like that? I'm, I'm not. I'm not being very serious. Just let me up, and I think no, 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 no. Tries to like yeah, and everything hurts at once. She goes, look, no, you got to stay still. Everything, all the sutures, everything else, you're in bad shape too. Res, no, you have to. You have to let me. You have to let me find Leslie. Where, where is she? She's gone, honey. You've been out for a week, and she puts her head on your upper chest. I'm sorry, honey. I'm sorry. We all loved her. I don't... Weirdly enough, I don't think it's registering on Tisha at the moment. Like, she's not crying. She's not upset. I think she's trying to... She's still trying to get up to get out of the bed to go find Celeste. At this point, you can feel your sister, not not forcefully, but with her own body weight, you're in so much pain. And after being there for so long, you're not able to move very much. And your sister's very much using her body weight to kind of pin you down a little bit. And she goes, look, I, I know this is all terrible and a lot to absorb but you're going to have to stay here. We're, we've taken care of your, your stall. We've taken care of, of everything. We haven't done the funeral yet, but we did get a statue made so that we can, you can always have her with you. And I think Tasia just like blindly like looks over to where Marissa is like pointing at towards the statue. And that's when she passes out and has her first vision. And I think that first vision is going back to gen like to see the accident itself from like an outer body experience, like seeing the cart hit in slow motion and seeing both of them ejected from the cart, seeing Celeste fall, hit her head on a rock and yeah, like literally just reliving the entire accident. But it's like all in slow motion and she is standing as a third person experiencing this from the outside. The other thing that you notice as you're watching this all, before the cart actually rolls down the hill, you see the cart from far away and you see a person up on top of a roof and another person standing next to the cart. And one of them signals to the other, and you see them remove the block that is keeping the cart from rolling down the hill. And then you see the cart go, and the two run off into the city. I think Tisha is just like screaming, like at the top of her lungs, like going hoarse, just like trying to warn them of the cart that's coming their way. 
and it just, yeah. And it just keeps happening over and over again. It's the same vision until you wake up. So what I'd like to do is fast forward just a little bit to when you're a little bit more uh, mobile. Mm-hmm. If you're okay yes. with that. Okay. okay. Your family takes care of you for another few weeks. It's been about six months since you had the cart accident with your wife. And your family has basically nursed you back to health. And you're finally back in your apartment. And it feels like just a shell at this point because it's been really rough. And you're still sore, moving a bit slow. And there's a knock on the door. Um... I think Tisha for a second was just kind of sitting in her chair, her chair, which was adjacent uh, to her wife's and her reading chair um, and just lets the door like lets whoever at the door continue to knock for a second. She doesn't get up to answer, doesn't really make a sound, just kind of is sitting in the chair. A few moments go by and there's another knock. I think after like when she clearly sees that the knocking is not going to stop. So like begrudgingly kind of get up and is like that sore, stiff, you know how like when you fall, you take a real hard fall and you get up and it's like everything's creaking. You're just slow moving. I think she still probably has like some bandages still from like deeper like gashes and stuff from the accident. It's like just making her way over, looks at the little peephole in the door. Tall, older woman in black leather. She has whitish hair. It's it's not completely white, but it's getting there. And it's down around her face. And she looks very, I don't know, professional is the word that comes to mind. Just a professional person. Yeah. So you say that through the door? Yeah, like... She's starting to, like, unlock it a bit. Doesn't open it all the way. Just, like, creak. Answers to the door. Hello, I am Mother Biblia. I am the head of the libraries in Eversink. I had heard about your tragedy. I'm, I'm very sorry to have to, to bother you. Uh, we had a, a very important book that was checked out by your wife. And I wanted to give... I, I, I was, I'm hoping six months... I know that that there is no good time for this, but I I was hoping that I might be able to retrieve it real quick from you and maybe have a conversation with you as well. Uh, I was kind of hoping that maybe we could help each other. How could you possibly help me? A long time ago, I lost my son. He, uh, He went off when he turned 18 and decided to fight for a baron that filled his head with a bunch of nonsense. And when I got the box back, I I had to bury him and and deal with the fact that he was never going to get older and we were never going to have any time together. And the thing that saved me was books and creating a community around the libraries and allowing the public to come in and enjoy the knowledge. So I have never lost a lover like you have, but I have lost a son. And well... I think you should come work for me. I think it would do you good to meet new people and be out of this house and just have some room to breathe. I, right now, all of this is still a lot, honestly. Um, 
you feel free to look in the house and find whatever book you need, but right now I'm... Overwhelmed. I get it. Yeah, overwhelmed. Well, it's going to take time, definitely. She comes in and she goes, the offer's on the table. You take as much time as you want, and if you decide that you want to come and start something new, maybe a new chapter, I know, not my intention to do a book pun, you can always join up with us. And uh, if not, I understand. Either way, if you ever need to talk, I'm always at the library, and there's always good tea being brewed. She walks in and then walks back out with the old book with the strange writing on it. She goes, it's easy enough to find. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This was an inconvenience. I know it's never easy dealing with people when you're grieving. Thanks. If you decide to join us, you know, I'll talk to you then. Door's always open. And then she heads out the door. I think uh, Tisha like closes the door and locks it. And she probably just breaks down crying all over again. Outside on a cart is Father Castinia, waiting for Mother Biblia to come down from Tisha's apartment. When she emerges from the building, she gets up on the cart. Well, that went about as expected. Father turns to her and says, do you think she'll join us? No, not right away. It's going to take some time. Are you sure she has this gift? Father Castinia turns and says, yes, I'm positive. I double-checked with my sorcerers just this weekend. Mother Biblia then says, all right, we should get going. I think she'll turn towards us and maybe she'll be useful. We could use her. It's always good to have someone that can see the future. I mean, as long as she doesn't figure out what we're doing. Don't worry. I've got spells that I can put in place before we put our plan into action. I'll block her from knowing the truth. And I think that's where we're going to stop this particular episode. Thank you all so much for playing. We hope that you enjoyed this little deep dive into each of these characters. I am hating Mother Biblia more and more. <laughs> every episode, every moment. I want her dead. Like, every single one. <laughs> All right. So, which, you know, thank you. You, you did what I, what I was expecting, what I wanted. <laughs> Hate her more. Thank you all so much. I had a really good time. I know these episodes can be intense, but I think they're fun as well. Thank you for listening. Let's find out where all of these wonderful people are. And since I had her go through her wife's death, we will start with Sam. <laughs> Thanks for emotionally traumatizing me and then asking me to promote myself after. Hi, I'm Sam. That's Sam with two M's. You can find me on Twitter and uh, Hive as well at Lust for Life. That's L-U-S-T-T-F-O-R-L-I-F-E-E-X. That is where you can keep up with me and all my shenanigans and tabletop going going on when I'm not being emotionally devastated and when I am. Uh, so yeah, just find me, uh, follow me there for all my cool stuff. I don't have words right now. I'm <laughs> personally reeling. I'll be back. I promise. <laughs> Next person, please. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> 
Hey, I'm Michelle. And um, I know I'm emotionally reeling and it wasn't even my scene. Jeez. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, on Hive and on Discord at Mishulu. That's M-I-C-H-U-L-H-U. You can also find my music and Wes's amazing sound effects if you subscribe to the Plate Mail Games catalog through Battle Bards. Hi, I have been Candace. You can find me at Candace Magnificent pretty much everywhere except for Hive, where I am at Magnificent One, and for Twitch, Twitter, where I am at that Candace Girl. You can also find me over on Crossroads Games and on Twelve Sided Stories for their one of their uh, streaming kind of shows. Normally, uh, right now we're on Mondays, but by the time you hear this, it might be Tuesdays again. Hi, I'm Farah, and uh, you can find me at Farakaya on all social medias. You can also find me over at Crossroad Games um, on also all social medias, doing all sorts of exciting, terribly sad things. And I am Wes Otis, and you can find me at Plate Mail Games on both Hive and on Twitter now. I also started a group on Facebook because I figure, you know, I might as well put stuff everywhere at this point. Just in case one social media goes down because of whatever, you know, chaos is going on. Uh, so if you want to find 12 Sided Stories now, you can also find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find all of our links on our website, which is uh, 12sidestories.com, all spelled out, all one word. That's where you can find everything. And like Candace said, we do have a show on Twitch, which you should definitely check out. Also, you know, check out our Discord. That's the best place to really connect with us, talk with us. We love our Discord. We'd love to see you there. Finally, if you want to help out, uh, you can give us a shout out on your favorite social media. You can give us a review on your favorite platform or join us on Coffee or Patreon. Become a monthly subscriber and get some really cool stuff as well. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you will join us next week when we go back to the present and find out what these people are going to do to Mother Biblia. Bye. Bye. Bye.